Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 52-52, CC Sabathia. I'm Tommy, he's seven. Neither of us have had the weight loss success that CC has had. I'm still fat because of quarantine. How are you doing, buddy? I need to gain some weight, so I could honestly venture that I should probably be on the reverse CC diet. What are you clocking in at nowadays, if you don't mind saying? I know a gentleman never asks, but here I am. Well, a gentleman will respond to the question that he was asked, and I'm clocking in at 163 these days. Oh, that's not bad. That's no, not bad. But, you know, my playing weight, my fit weight is uh, about 10, po- 10 pounds lighter, I would say. Yeah, so I need to be in that range, too. I'm, at, I'm up at the 190 mark right now, and it's the heaviest I've ever been. I feel the, the unhealthiest I've ever been. Do the bones feel heavy when you walk? The joints starting to give out? Dude, I kid you not. Like, usually when I sleep wrong on something, I can shake it off by, like, noon. But I slept wrong on my sh- on my right shoulder the other day. And I it was it took till, like, 6, 7 o'clock to shake that shit off. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. So I, I told myself I'm going to do the, uh, the 30-day push-up sit-up challenge starting in June. And I gave myself a little trial run just to see how it was and uh, I'm still feeling it and that was two days ago so so are we gonna are we gonna make the gap to gap get swole challenge I could do that the get swole challenge brought to you by gap to gap I am in I need that I'm yeah I think I need it too so yeah let's we'll, we'll do that we, you know we'll, here we go we'll, we'll go the race to 175 love it y- you gotta gain it I gotta lose it all right well for me it's gonna be harder but yeah a, a, a challenge well, both, accepted I mean yeah 12 pounds is actually a lot to put on <laughs> like, you think I am Christian Bale coming back right, how, the about, how about I'll drop it to 170. So I got I to gotta lose 20 pounds. You got to gain 10. Yeah, that's fine. God damn, this is going to suck. <laughs> Just eat an unhealthy amount of food. Uh, for you, I, I got to fucking drop 20 pounds. That's, yeah, that's true. You got, yeah, you're going to have some issues with that too. Laxatives on deck. Here the we go. God is now sponsored by Jenny Gregg. <laughs> I'll be doing Tybo in quarantine. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Uh, yeah. So, news, not the news we were hoping for. Cautiously optimistic news. I mean, well, so there's two. There's two folds. Yes. Yeah. There's two sides to this. The big story is definitely not the news that we were looking for, but it's the news we needed to hear. The second part of this is cautiously optimistic. I'm not gonna say optimistic. I'm always glass half full. Um, I need to see some results before I say anything is optimistic with the way MLB is handling anything right now. Agreed. So what we're talking about, the MLB and the Players Union at war after, according to the New York Post, a potentially smoking gun email. And this is from Joel Sherman. Uh, It was published uh, on our record date uh, in the New York Post. So 
I mean, what I got out of this, and I'll let you get to your uh, your takeaways, but I got out of this that realistically, these guys had like a, a semi-handshake agreement mm-hmm. about getting back to play, but we're seeing Tony Clark, which is the Players Association Executive Director, and Super Agent Scott Boris basically saying, nah, yeah, that's that's just not going to work. Yeah, so here's the big takeaway for me. And people have been roasting the owners since they leaked the original proposal um, that was put forth, I believe, almost two weeks ago now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was about two weeks ago. It's about. Um, The issue I have with that now, and this is where good journalism will always pull through. So credit to Joel Sherman for breaking this. He obtained the email, apparently. Uh, I don't know how. But I mean, to me, it's obvious. Somebody screenshotted it and, and hit the leak or hit the old leaky blinders. Yeah, leaky and, blinders red flag. So whether it was Killian Murphy that sent it to him, I don't know. Um, but either way, Joel Sherman reported it. My takeaway is this: the owners will and always have taken the forefront of the blame because, according to everyone, they're rich, greedy old bastards, and yeah. they don't deserve our sympathies. Okay. Whatever, like I'll hop on that bandwagon more often than not. What happened with this email leak is that it shows now that Tony Clark, who I'm now calling Mr. Tumnus because that goatee is fucking hideous, so go back to Narnia, you <laughs> piece of shit, and the mega asshole Scott Boris allegedly had an agreement in place with the owners in MLB to say, you know what, we will agree to this structure, and we are... Like this is this is where the buck stops. However, what's lost is that they also agreed that if no fans can be in attendance, they would adjust the offer to counter the revenue loss that is you know going to happen regardless. Yeah. So that's what's lost. The fact that the players' union, who's led by Tony Clark, Mr. Tumnus, down by the lamppost, shaking hands, saying this is how we're going to do it. That's fine knowing goddamn well that the revenue is not going to be what it was anyway, that you should have made clear from the get-go so we could actually understand how these negotiations were happening. And I understand why they probably don't want to make that public because they were in the driver's seat. Everyone blamed the owners. They'll cave eventually and they'll pay the players. This email illustrates pretty fucking well that that was not the case at all. Yeah. And so so here's some exact quotes from the uh, New York Post article. And it says, uh, the league and the union have disagreed over how players will be paid if games are resumed. The union claims that within the agreement finalized on March 26, players are guaranteed their prorated salaries for games played, while MLB argues that the agreement says salaries must be reconsidered Mm -hmm. if there's no fans in attendance. Okay, so then it goes on to say, the contract itself is very clear that in the event of a partial season, players will get paid prorated, which is just prorated, Salary, whether with fans or without, and it doesn't require any further concessions on pay from players who have already agreed to give up billions of dollars in salary in the event of a partial season in which they would be taking on unprecedented risks and burdens. Mm -hmm. Having said that, both sides are free to make any additional proposals they want. If they have a proposal on economics, they should make it as we've repeatedly invited them to do. We have the right to respond to it. Despite all their posturing, they still haven't done so. Rather than actually negotiating over these issues, the league is focusing on leaking self-serving internal memos to the media. 
Public posturing is not going to help us save the seasons. Those quotes coming from Players Association Senior Director, Director of Collective Bargaining, Bruce Meyer. Now, there's a lot that I agree with in that quote. There's, yeah, so I think, well, again, that I think is conjecture. It's a lot of buzzwords. Um, it's a lot of buzzwords. It's but, a lot of intelligent sounding words. Yeah, and when you actually really break it down, it just basically says, we got caught. um there's really nothing here other than the fact that there was information that was withheld um from that like so back this up to the the original league owners leaked it whatever blah 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 we're here at this point now where us as the fans the actual consumers of baseball the reason they have a league in the first place uh you know we're not privy or we don't deserve to know everything, but when something's getting leaked and there's a shitstorm occurring, then yeah, I want to know what's going on because I want to understand who's at fault. Yeah. And this very clearly illustrates that it's not the owners, it's not the players, it's the players' union. And when I say that, I mean, it doesn't sound like I'm siding with the players at all, but I am. I don't think the players want this any more than the owners. I think the players actually want to play. I would agree. I think you get a power structure with... Guys like Tony Clark and Scott Boris, and their motives are very clear. Scott Boris especially. I get it. He makes more money when players make more money. I understand that. So that would make him so partisan to this whole agreement. I don't even know why the fuck he's involved. Like, that's my biggest takeaway. I would say because he represents the top 1% of players, that those players are going to say, I don't really know how to deal with this. Hey, Scotty boy, t- can can you make heads or tails of this? That's the only thing that I could really guess. It really boils down to this. Tony Clark and Scott Forrest have been super adamant, like just trying to justify their actions, saying that the players were going to be prorated no matter what. Obviously, new information surfaces saying that was not true. If true with what this email states that playing in absence of fans would require further negotiation, then the union has been denying what was ever said. And that's the issue. Because it's not the players, this is Boris and, and Clark at this point. The, if you want to look for someone to blame, blame them. I'm serious. Like that, we Don't blame guys like Blake. And I, I was on top of Blake Snell pretty quick. I, yeah, you were. And I'll take a little bit of that back. I still think he's a fucking idiot for how he said it. But I'll take a little bit of it back. But don't blame the players. Don't blame the owners. The owners are trying to make this happen more than anyone. They have incentive to do so. We get that. Blame people like Scott Boris and Tony Clark because they can't coordinate a well-thought-out plan that, again, adjusts with the current events. Yeah. Man, I just... It's so hard to make heads or tails of this thing because there's just so much that, like, you know everybody's like I'm trying to find the exact part of uh, Myers quote here, but everybody's posturing to make it to make themselves look good. Even if you get caught, you're trying to spin zone it to make yourself look good. Mm-hmm. Public posturing is not going to help us save a se- have a season as a public uh, posture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This, this is the issue with this. It's there's way too much talk and not enough action. Um, I think, what, they're, they're defensive, obviously, because they got caught. They got caught with their pants down, and this was never, like, we never knew this, and now that we know, 
it's it's public knowledge and we can form an opinion now and i think that's what's important so what is that opinion for you the opinion that i have is tony clark and scott boris should not be the end-all be-all here we should i would agree with that we should hear input from the, the player union reps of which there are 30 from each team yep and hear what their plan is and why they object and not focus solely on revenue i understand it's a huge deal everyone understands that no one's fucking stupid i get it you're playing half a season you want to get paid sometimes you can't have it both ways you can't always get what you want and this listen we're in the middle of a global health pandemic people more than ever now are looking for sports and baseball as a reprieve from all the bullshit and we just want to watch games we don't give a fuck how you do it we just want to watch it and we as the fans we're the reason they have these leagues let's mm-hmm. not forget that so people yeah. like you and me we're paying the tickets we're going to the games we're consuming this product they're losing sight of the fact that they're performers so you go out you're getting paid millions of dollars as it is you're going out to perform and you're going out to play competitively so we can consume that and take that as a recreational activity the that's, old we pay your salary. Yep. That's honestly, that is the end of discussion for me. And I get it. There's a lot more nuance to that. And I could probably get a nice fucking public posture quote like Meyer and go into that more in depth, but I won't because I'm just saying this as a very brief understanding that I'm a fan. I'm buying your product. You need to deliver at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, I think it, it lends itself to the question of who do you think leaked this? See, that's where it gets pretty interesting. So that Sherman alleges that it, it came from a lawyer. Uh, whether or not he represents the players' union or the owners, I'm not sure. But a, apparently a lawyer was the one that leaked this email. He didn't, okay. name, he didn't name the lawyer. So we'll say you think it was a, it was a players' union lawyer. I don't, I don't know if it was or if it was a, a lawyer that represents the MLB owners. Okay, that, um, that's that's what I'm kind of getting at. I see. I was tra- ready to go down the rabbit hole of uh, which MLBPA rep do you think could have leaked this? Well, I, if I had to see, bet, see, wait. I, so, hold on a second. I, I'm giving you eight choices here because these okay. are the the unions, uh, the eight the eight member executive subcommittee of the MLBPA. Andrew Miller and Daniel Murphy are the ma- are the head reps, which that seems strange to me. Okay. Max Scherzer and Elvis Andrews are the alternate reps. Okay. Cody Guerin and Chris Iannetta are the pension committee reps. <laughs> and James Paxton and Colin McHugh are the alternate pension committee reps. Okay. So out of all those names you just mentioned, Max Scherzer would definitely be the most likely to leak it because I guarantee that guy just wants to play fucking baseball. I would have guessed Chris Iannetta just because he's like... Nothing to lose, good scapegoat. Exactly. <laughs> I get that, but I think like if we're talking about people that just don't give a shit about anything but playing baseball, I would say Scherzer would be the first one to leak this to get back on the on the field. That's fair. That's fair. Um, some of these other, I, I just want to run through these uh, players union reps. This is according to the uh, uh, MLB trade rumor site: Andrew Heaney's the Angels, Marcus Semien the A's, Tyler Flowers the Braves, Chase Anderson. Uh, was the Brewers, they still need to hold an election. Andrew Miller's the Cardinals, Chris Bryant's the Cubs, Nick Ahmed the D-backs, Justin Turner the Dodgers, Brandon Crawford the Giants, Francisco Lindor the Indians, Marco Gonzalez the Mariners, Miguel Rojas Marlins, 
Michael Conforto Mets. We mentioned Scherzer's the Nationals. Orioles and Padres do not have one. <laughs> Phillies. Uh, no, 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 James- Padres have one. It's not listed on ML- MLB trade rumors. It's uh, Austin Hedges because he's – we'll get there oh, in a yeah. second. Yeah. Oh, this is as of 12 19 so. Okay. Fair. Uh, Reese Hoskins of the Phillies. James Tallien of the Pirates. Elvis Andrews. Uh, Rays, it had been Matt Duffy. They need to hold an election. Matt Barnes of the Red Sox. Tucker Barnhart for the Reds. Hmm. Daniel Murphy of the Rockies. The, the Royals need to hold an election. It was Alex Gordon. Tigers, Twins, and White Sox not listed. James Paxson of the Yankees. Hmm. Any surprises on there? I think the only surprise I have is that a lot of catchers, I feel like. A lot of catchers. Well, they, um, they studied I don't know the game. Why, I don't know why Francisco Lindor surprised me. Uh, well, who else would do it for the Indians? Seriously. That's maybe. the thing. I, yeah, who, who else would do it for the Indians is a good, is a good point. Um... So yeah, I don't. Again, I don't know why that surprised me, but it did. Uh, scrolling through these comments, an interesting second comment down looks like a list of Scott Boris clients. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, take that as you will. I I would love to know, you know, what percentage of that is Scott Boris clients. Listen, my my thing with the Scott Boris involvement, what, I I get it. He represents. To your point, the top 1% of the players, not necessarily the players' union, but other players, I get it. He has a vested interest in how this thing shakes down. My concern with him being so closely involved is that he he's coming at this with such a biased, you know, just outlook on everything. Yep. And for Scott Boris, if there's no MLB season, he's fine. That's, I mean, nothing on him. Yeah. But... You have to understand, and I get it. A lot of players don't make what Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and all that make. I get that. But you have to understand, they're still making more money than you and I. By a a healthy amount. By a very healthy amount. And it goes back to the same argument. We deserve this sport as much as anyone right now. As the viewers. And there's nothing I want more than to finish my work-from-home day put the TV on and see a pitch thrown by Garrett Cole at 7.03 p.m. Eastern time. Do you guys go 7.03? The Indians are always 7.05. Yeah, we usually, it's like weird, like 7.03, 7.04. Never, I, rarely 7.05 in New York. Hmm. Interesting. But I don't know why I that's interesting. It just is. No. Uh, <laughs> um, time is a flat circle. It really is. And, and time's just standing still. The days are go- blending together at this point. I'm yeah. so just mentally done with quarantine. Here's the other question for you, and yeah. this is not obviously going to be something that comes up in any proposal. This is just me thinking right now. If enough players were to say, we're just not going to play under these circumstances, like, fuck it, like, I don't want to play. Mm-hmm. Does that then open the door for the, the owners to be like, we have a bunch of minor leaguers who are hungry and ready for their opportunity? Absolutely, it does. And then would you still watch that, though? Like, that that's the Probably question. Probably not. Probably not. I would watch it. I think that would be fun. Because at that point, what's the difference between that and the KBO? The difference is we have a chance to follow these guys as they blossom into superstars. Before you could lives. argue, you could argue you have that with KBO and CPBO. My, I guess my point is we're we're more entrenched in 
MLB as it is. So if I can because see, of the logos, it be, because because you have logos. yeah, but because you'd also, have Joe, Joe you'd have Joey Lunchbox in pinstripes, and instead of watching the Dinos and the Monkeys, a team that you know as as lifelong fans we are, that life only started <laughs> two months ago. It's, it, it's a brave new life. It but, is, but but it, but you'd be watching a guy in pinstripes instead of in in rackets in red, and mm-hmm. you know and and. and you're you're saying that would absolutely push you over the edge and say and be fully torqued for baseball? I wouldn't be so I I, I wouldn't be at full mast. I'd probably be at three quarters mast. Um, okay. But I, I will say this. I think it gives an opportunity for us to see and it also gives a lot of light on why the minor leagues are so important if the product's good. If the players that but, they, but all right, they, so that's a counterpoint is so let's say they do that, they pull the trigger on that and the product is awesome. Well, we also have the minor leagues getting axed right now. No, I think um, that's like, uh, again. Good that time. hasn't been saved yet. Like, it hasn't so, been so you, saved. what's that? And, no, it hasn't been saved. But I okay, I, think, I, thought, I thought you said it has. Like, no, 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 no. It uh, has not been saved. Um, but it does give an interesting narrative that the minor leagues are so important because they're giving us promising potential, like the players that would be forced into action if the product was good. It's a big if, again. Okay, but like I, I, I mean, the Indians have have an awesome system where the where uh, the all the like the, the the everything except AAA is within an hour's driving distance of me. Yeah. I have I have double A, I have single A, and I mean even even AAA and the Columbus Clippers are two hours south of me. Mm-hmm. The Indians have a really really cool system in, in that sense. And I, I mean, we, I can go and watch a minor league game. I love going to Rubber Ducks games. I go love going to Lake County Captains games. It's yeah. not the same, and I and I couldn't get fully torqued for an Akron Rubber Ducks season. I no. couldn't even get get seventy five percent torqued for a Rubber Ducks season. No, I, I understand that. That's a good. I mean, it's a good argument. I just think, you know, if we're left with nothing and I just want to see American baseball, then yeah, I'm I'm all, I'm fully behind that. I, and again, I don't think it would be. 100% of the league would be running out minor leaguers, I think. Because, again, it goes back to... Okay, but then at that point, are you, are you really ready to see a, see a world where Derek Dietrich dominates MLB? Well, again, we don't know if that would happen, but I think it's an interesting possibility. And I don't know if I'm ready for that world per se, but if it's a shortened season and circumstances that we haven't seen before, then I'll take it. That's fair. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Ugh... All right, so so I, I do want to pivot. Actually, no. Let's finish off. Let's finish out our our, our discussion on this thing before I pivot. Um, MLB has not made a clear case to the union that is economically feasible to pay the players in full without fans. The union feels players will be taking unprecedented health and safety risks, yet taking a second pay cut so the owners will lose less money. Fair or foul? There. I think it's fair. Um, on the on the money aspect of it, I think that's fair. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree 100%. I think, again, and I, I wrote it in my last article, I think posturing the virus as cover for your financial concerns is fucking lunacy. I think you know what the issue is at this point. MLB has come out. They're going to do 10,000 tests a week. In that new proposal, they've outlined everything they're going to do. So you're, you're taken care of. Like, you are taken care of at that point. So I don't yeah. want to hear anything about that. If your concern is financial, then state it. Don't hide behind that as cover. If you have an issue, fucking state it. 
I'm good with that. Yeah, I agree with that. But okay, I will I will, you know, play devil's advocate here. If they're going to take this unprecedented risk, I think those two can be tied together. That you are taking a big risk for less money, so why would I do that? And and let's just table the fact that they're making more than than we'll ever see in our life. Mm-hmm. Let's just just uh, Trevor Bauer actually got into an argument on Twitter the other day. Um, Surprise. But here's the thing. The, the, the surprise is that I actually agreed with him. And I'm going to see if I can find the, the thread real quick. Um, because he actually – he was making good points because um, the guy was kind of making the point that you're making right now of, uh, you know, these guys are going to see more in our life. So then why is the uh, – what's the argument basically? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um. And I'm trying to riff as long as I can here. No, it's fine. I, but can, I can help fill some in for you. Because go for it. The, ar- the argument is, so it makes a lot of sense to people like you and me and basically the majority of the, of the country um, when you talk brass tacks about how much they're getting paid in, in regards to, listen, the, the median average income of a United States citizen is $63,000. Yeah. So I could give a fuck if you're a AAA player versus – you know, Manny Machado, you're making more than I am. And you're doing it playing a fucking kid's game. And it gets lost on these on these people that they are playing this game that they love and making a profit off of it regardless. You know how fucking lucky you have to be to do that? Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. But all right, so I found the thread. Um, Bauer... So it, it, the original original tweet is, I actually expected more from at Bauer outage. Really thought the dude was down to earth and got it between the Astro stuff and the Sandlot game. But after his last tweet, not so much. Welcome to what the working class has been doing for the last three months, buddy. Bauer responds, are you out of work currently? The guy responds, I'm not, sir. And Bert, Bauer goes, okay, I am. But let's continue with my line of questioning. If you went from, if you went to work tomorrow and your employees said you'll only be receiving 40% of your salary for the remainder of the year, would you be okay with that? And then a third guy chimes in and says, true or false, would you be getting your normal gross paycheck of $1.3 million every two weeks once the season started back up, or would you only be receiving five or five, bleh, 544000 of your normal two-week pay? Bauer responds, wrong question. Let's say you're a painter. A client who is renovating apartments says he'll pay you 100 k this year for your painting services. You agree and sign the contract. You expect to be paid 100 k The client then experiences a fire and loses half their apartments. This is not your fault, but it's not the client's fault either. So you mutually agree you'll accept 50 k instead of 100 k as a show of good faith. A new contract is signed. Then the client realizes they won't be able to rent as many of their apartments as they originally thought, so they propose that instead of paying you 50k, they'll pay you half of their rental income. You don't know how much that rental income is, and they won't disclose it. The question then becomes, is it your fault as the painter that the client cannot rent his property? You've done the same quality work and even worked with the client to reflect doing less overall work. Is it fair for the client to now want you, as the painter, to share the burden of not being able to rent the apartments? Are your services worth less because the client cannot rent the apartments? This, obviously, is being the metaphor for the revenue split. Mm -hmm. But he makes a good point of, you know, if we had this handshake deal, then we should have stood by this. 
So you know what I mean? No, I I think Bauer makes really good points, and I think it, it kind of contextualizes it and puts it in perspective for anyone that you know makes a living. At that point, yeah, it's it's not black and white though, and we understand that. The problem Bauer has then shouldn't be with the owners. That's his own union reps, not not disclosing that they had it. They had a handshake agreement, but it was also under the pretense that things are fluid and could change based on what the virus would do to having no fans. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue that has come up. And that's what his fucking head of the union, Tony Clark agreed upon with the owners. And that should not be forgotten. So that's the issue. Like Trevor, if you're, if I'm a painter, I'm also independent and I can find work on my own for other job sites. I can take the money and I can create the best, I can, I can give myself the best option to get paid regardless. The, the problem with that logic is you're also, you elected to be in the players union. So you're at the mercy of what the union decides. Yeah. And in this case, they made a shitty fucking decision. So you can't, it's not apples and it's apples to oranges at that point. So you can't put everything under the same plate in because I'm sorry, but you are not an economist. Neither am I, but I can understand basic principles of what a union does and what independent work like a contractor for a painter would do that's different yeah yeah i I mean it's just everything is just so i don't know what the word i'm looking for is convoluted yeah that's a great word the issue is we're we're harping on this more than we are about how they would play games anyway which yeah and and that's, that's a whole nother discussion exactly and Maybe we'll have time for that next week, but like, <laughs> I, I think I, mean, I think it's a it's a it's a very sad state of affairs right now where everyone understands sacrifices are being made left and right. And I'm not gonna get on a fucking pedestal and start talking about who's unemployed and who's working and all that yeah. shit because we hear that enough. I will say this: the fact that these players in this league elected to be in this union. No holds barred. Tony Clark is running the show, and he's not. Apparently, he's not being transparent with the players if they don't understand this. Yeah, but the fact that this is happening, you're at the mercy of a union. Like this is what happens. You don't get a say. It's the collective thought. It's a fucking hive mind. So, you signed to do this. Like you're playing. You're making more. Again, you're making more money than we ever will. And I'm not going to die in that hell, but it should be brought up. Yeah, uh, it's not wrong. It's it's half a season, by no fault of your own. You're right, and no fault of of the owners who are also going to be hurting financially. The revenue loss across the league is substantial, so everyone's hurting right now, and I think that is getting lost right now when they're trying to nickel and dime their way back into this prorated agreement, uh, understanding that things have changed, and the numbers and the data are out from MLB saying we cannot go forward with this, but we agree to do something else. And they don't know the implications either. So we can't... Because the players can say, oh, well, we don't know what that is going to look like. The, the fucking owners don't either. You can't, yeah. you can't run these models with 100% certainty. Look at what happened with the virus. <laughs> no one fucking yeah. knows. So I think it's very important to keep everything in perspective that there's never going to... No one's going to win in this deal. Only everyone loses if you don't have the deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that's really all I got. However, okay, lay it on me because we did promise some optimism. 
the Padres union rep, Austin Hedges, is the hero that we didn't know we needed. Lay it on me. Sell me. In a climate right now where everything is being talked about saying, fuck the owners, fuck the players, fuck Tony Clark, fuck Scott Boris, whoever you're not against. Austin Hedges has come, come through and said, we're making immense progress, and he's, he's extremely confident that there will be a season. Mm-hmm. And I take this with a small grain of salt, but I also am very invested in this. I think everybody's confident there will be a season in some regard. Yeah, but I, it's also easy to be very pessimistic and say, you know what, they just might not get to their they, – they might not settle this, and we might have to deal with it. But I love that Austin Hedges is the only rep that's come out so far and has said, like, this is what's happening behind the scenes. You deserve to know. And what he has said – there are a handful of guys, you see it in the headlines, guys that are less for playing. And of, of course, that's the media. They want to fucking paint the picture of misery. But he <laughs> said, most of these guys are speaking from a personal position, how it would affect them personally. The way we would have to look at it is everybody is hurting. Thank you, Austin, backing up what I'm saying. We didn't talk before this, by the way. Don't worry, folks. None should of we this... try and get Austin Hedges on the pod? We should try to get him on the pod. Um, I found his Twitter. Up. He hasn't tweeted in fucking three years, so it might be tough to track him down. Um, none of this is personal for one guy or a small group of guys. We're trying to make something happen for everyone. Without sacrifices on salary, I don't think the league is going to sign off, he said. At the same time as players, we want to get as close to the original contract as possible. Regardless, it's still a significant pay cut, but we're going to have to take it. To make it clear, I don't believe in taking pay cuts is what I already agreed to. However, he goes on to say... The difference is we're not talking about what if, we're talking about this is how it will be. And he's saying there's significant progress being made to make the deal happen. So that, for me, I think is the most level-headed thing I've heard from anyone in sports mm-hmm. since this whole fucking pandemic has started. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 very level-headed and, and well thought out. And honestly, props to Austin Hedges. That's, that's the leadership that we need as you know, as we go through this. I think it's important, too, because Hedges didn't have to say that. He, he no, absolutely not. He he chose to disclose that information because I think he knows if he can speak out and show some leadership and say, listen, like, none of us want to take a pay cut. None of us do. But the fact is, we're in a position where we could, we could take a pay cut for 82 games. And we could go back to normal next year and be fine. But for now, we have to accommodate everyone. Yeah. And I think that's important because he understands there's no winners in this. No one wins. At the end of the day, everyone's losing. They're, like, they're losing money. On- that's, such, that's such a good way to phrase it, too. Yeah. There's no winners, but everyone can lose. Yeah. I mean, it's, it reminds me of The Office with uh, Michael Scott had the binder. Win, 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 win. Lose, lose, lose is less desirable. Do you want to pursue a lose, lose negotiation? Unfortunately, I think that's the only negotiation that we can pursue at this point. It's funny. I actually used that video in a college presentation about uh, conflict resolution. I used that whole episode. It was fucking great. It was one of my proudest moments as a student, I'll be honest. <laughs> I had to act out the uh, sexual harassment episode for a Oh, my. I played Michael Scott in that. <laughs> it was actually pretty fun. 
fucking classic. All right, so next week on the pod, uh, we're going to dive into how these games are going to look. Um, hopefully, we'll have a resolution to talk about one way or another. Um, but we are going to dive into how these games are going to look. We're going to dive into um, if there's any update. And we're going to give, as usual, our CPBL and KPO update. Sorry about no update this week. It was very, very... Uh, you know this leak heavy so we decided to, to put that on the back burner so sorry to our fans in the kbo and in the cpbl uh but we'll get you guys next week it's still monkeys it's still dinos dinos are still a wagon 11 and 1 i believe they're tearing it up um so yeah that's your kbo update so yeah we didn't miss it actually <laughs> <laughs> all right until next week he's seven i'm tommy we'll catch you later see ya Cream! You know that I'm greedy for love